We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain, Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That's Tyler Siski. You always laugh at that. All right, so it cracks me up every time. Um, welcome into the show. We're gonna oh, talk about a few so things. We we've got a, we got about we got a hard hard out today. I always listen to um, listen to Reasonable Doubt with Adam Carolla and uh, Mark Garagos, and Mark Garagos very typically has a hard out because he has to get into a courtroom. So yeah, we we have that'd a, be a problem. We have a hard out. We do today. Hey, uh, before we start the show, if you're a bad guy and you're planning to leave Oxford, Mississippi or arrive in Oxford, Mississippi, and you happen to be listening to the show today on your way in, um, they're waiting for you. The cops? <laughs> Dude, on my way over here from my office, uh-huh. there was a cop on and off of the exit on uh, Highway 6. There was a cop in a the roundabout. There was a cop on the next exit that, oh. that connects six and seven they're waiting for somebody they're waiting and then on the way out on the city limits right here before you get to turn into your house there was a sheriff and a cop on the side of the road pointing in different directions and they're not like speed trapping because people are just blowing by them they're waiting on somebody so if you're that bad guy they're waiting on you boss <laughs> heads up you're going to jail if you come to oxford or to leave oxford just thought i'd throw that out there for you give you a little heads up <laughs> i don't know what you did but you got, you, you got about nine of them waiting on you at every exit so we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. So yeah, I have Wara. It's okay. First week. So I got the app and everything. It says that kind of learns you over time. Now how long you had it? Uh, this is my third day. Okay. Um, I'm already. Does it get- hit you with a WTF yet? Uh, it, it's, it hit me a couple of times with, Hey, it's time to stretch your legs. Like driving. Yeah. Um, got me with that. But the, the funny part was last night I got back from Carson's game and, um, still kind of wired and, um, poured a little bourbon into a glass 
Not a lot, just a little, just to take the edge off. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And earlier it had sent me the thing that said, hey, it's time for you to start winding down. You want to get your sleep, et cetera. And I was like, hey, listen, lady, or whoever you are, <laughs> we're still driving. But, uh, you know, I did that. And then, like I told you, Carson got home and I got up to talk to him for a minute and uh, went back to bed, slept, and got up. And so I didn't get the ideal seven, eight hours of sleep. And it it sent me a thing that my re- my readiness score was a little lower. Like, you know, be, be careful. And then it reminded me. Sometimes alcohol late at night can do something. Ooh. And I was like, wait, no, wait, just that's one little, damn minute. That's a little. Wait, just one damn minute, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> so a I was little, like, hey. A little something, something. We're going to have to, we're we're gonna have to talk. We're going to have to talk because <laughs> the bourbon's going to continue to get poured into a glass here and there. So back off. I had my tag team partner, my main man, Corey Batoon. I think he's listening today. He came in town recruiting uh, yesterday. So we went out to dinner, went to Old Venice last night. I guess it's Venice Kitchen or whatever. Um, last night had dinner and, uh, he's on the road beating it up today. I think he's finishing up. I think tomorrow's his last day. So kudos to all the coaches out there listening and on the road, we'll get a bunch of calls. It's almost over. It's almost over. Cause the dead period starts Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, uh, they may have changed it, but used to could go out on Sunday. We never did. Um, some staffs did, but we were pretty much finished up, but usually you have visits in this weekend, but it's all been changed with all the rules. So not a lot of visitors on campuses this week you have some but not a lot a lot of people using this last weekend for uh um junior days and things like that so i know uh one of my larger clients that's in the uh power five team that goes to the playoffs a lot they only have one guy in this weekend and then they have they're having junior day <clears throat> so uh louisiana monroe by the way ulm yeah it's hired a former Utah State AD John Hartwell as oh. its next athletics director. Someone just sent me a thing and said, you got passed again. It's total bullshit. I'm right. I mean, I'm. John's a stud, man. I'm an alum. I love John. I'm an alum. I've, I've let them know via Twitter that I'm available to coach their. Oh, good thing I hadn't opened that. Was it open yet? Not yet. <laughs> I know. I've let them know that I'm available to coach the football team, to be the AD. I could do both. They just they, they, keep passing you I, up. I think they're just intimidated. <laughs> you should have been the AD during COVID. That would have been that would have been must see TV. We might would have won championships because we would have just kept playing. <laughs> You've been the only team playing. Just yeah, rolling through. I would have just said, uh, "No, we're not shutting down." I love it. Hey, I had a, I had a funny story to tell while I was thinking about my man Batoon since he's on here. I won't tell the story about Batoon. He's in the story. So when Freeze gets the job at Ole Miss, right? We had like four coaches left to coach in the bowl game. Well, Batoon did the defense. I did the offense. And we had like two other coaches. I remember this. All right. Yep. Because the AD there, who coincidentally is not an AD anymore, surprise, would not allow, like, Ole Miss had it worked out where freeze and everybody could come back and coach the bowl game. Because Ole Miss wasn't going to a bowl yeah. game. <laughs> well, the AD there, AD there wouldn't let them do it. And it's the best season in school history, right? And we're playing Northern Illinois where they had like Jordan Lynch and all those guys, you know? Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I was driving separate from the team because my the plan was is I was not coming back to Jonesboro. I was going to st- stop in Oxford on the way back because it was like a January 9th bowl game or whatever. Right? Yeah. So I was going to come straight to Oxford from the bowl game, so I did not ride with the team. So we had a Chevrolet Equinox back then. 
Okay, I had two kids at the time, both of them in car seats. And we're getting ready. You know, I'm go- I'm not stopping. The team stopped and ate and all that stuff, so I'm not stopping. So I left a little bit after the team. So we're about 30 minutes getting ready to pull out. We're pack- I'm packing up the car, and my man Corey Batoon calls me. He's like, hey, dude, I need a favor. I probably need to say this before I get started is I think this is out of the statute of limitations, <laughs> so I think I'm pretty good with this one. Um, NCAA, NCAA has bigger, they yeah, have they bigger, bigger, they have bigger issues right now. So we had a uh, safety uh, nickel named Don Jones. And this guy, he played in the league for like seven years. I mean, he's a baller. He's one of the best to ever play it. Um, just freakazoid. Well, he oversleeps and misses the team bus to go <laughs> to the bowl game because we're driving. And Corey calls me. He's like, hey, dude, um, any way we can, you can, Don can hop in the car with you. I was like, yeah, I don't care. I mean, we're not going to be here, but this is my last official day, I guess. So sure enough, my man Don Jones pulls up and rides in the back of the car. And we have an Equinox. So it's like an SUV, it's like a mini SUV, right? So there is literally, there's no moving the car seats. So he has to sit in the middle you know, the bench seat in the back with one kid that's, I mean, my kids at the time had to be like three and four. Yeah. And they don't talk well, right? And so Don, bless his heart, Don is, he uh, <laughs> he mumbles a lot. I'm talking about to where you, you really can't understand him. Yeah. Um, so he mumbled a lot. And so they were, ta- Don is carrying on a conversation with my three-year-old Brock, who's now in the, ninth grade yeah he's carrying on a, a full conversation like an adult with my three-year-old <laughs> in the back and and brock would go daddy what what is what's he saying <laughs> and so i would tell him what don was saying and then he would answer back right and baby talk and don go hey coach what, what what's he saying <laughs> so i played i played translator for don jones and my three-year-old that's great from jonesboro arkansas to mobile and that's he, fantastic he rode with us all with the bowl game but the funny thing with batoon was is like i was like Corey, i was like we're talking he's like hey Long as we get him here for game day, we're fine. Just yeah. get him, make sure he shows up for the game. So we got him there, and uh, he uh-huh. rode he rode with us to the uh, bowl game that year. I was like 2011, 10 or 11, somewhere there. That's awesome. It was 11. 11, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I so see you got to. I got to help. I I'm terrible at that. People know like years and stuff. I I could be involved in a game. I don't remember scores or anything. The 2011 season, I remember really well. So I remember everything about that. I get all those confused. But yeah, my man, my man, um, Don Jones, good baller. So we got some hires in the NFL. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's hiring season. Um, Frank Reich. How about that? About an hour. It's the Panthers' job. Just a little while ago, I was leaving the gym and I turned on uh, NFL radio on Sirius XM on my way back, and I heard them talking about that. I was like, wait, wait, what? I thought they were doing yeah. something else surprised me you I think it surprised me but i'm glad he got the job i really like the guy um i didn't know um i don't know him personally i know a lot of people that do and that have worked for him um but when you watch the they were hard knocks last year i believe i, I think, think so. so yeah and they were um I like everything the guy stands for. I think he's a he's a leader of men, and I think that's what the difference is in the NFL. Is you're looking for in a head coach, and we've talked about it a little bit before with college. It's just not about how good you call plays. It has nothing to do with calling plays. Mm-hmm. Very few. Now there are some. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but not many head coaches call plays. Not many. Some do, obviously. Cliff Kingsbury, Shanahan, 
um, LaFleur. I mean, they're they're out there. But like Vrabel, you know, he's a head coach of Tennessee. He doesn't call plays. Belichick doesn't call plays. He's involved, but he doesn't call plays. You have to be the leader of men, and it's, it's so much different than being the leader of an 18- to 22-year-old because you're the leader of 22 to 38-year-olds, right? Um, and you got to be able to lead and motivate and organize, and that's so much more to it than just calling plays. And seeing his leadership ability, um, and somebody's like, "Well, why didn't it? Why did it go south? And um, why did it go south in Indianapolis?" And I think, especially, I mean, it happens in college. Um, I think we all know of situations that this has happened, um, but it happens a lot in the NFL too. Is your message? It, it after a while, you keep beating the same drum. People stop listening. So, you know, I think he's learned from that. But I, I really like the guy. Um, I'm excited to see uh, see all that happen. So I think it's a good hire for him. Nathaniel Hackett, meanwhile. How about that? Gets hired as the new offensive coordinator for the Jets. Um, Kind of a lot to get to there. The Jets, to me, are one of the teams this offseason, once the Super Bowl's over, and we get into free agency and the draft and all of that stuff. The Jets are one of the teams that have my interest. They do. I'm, I'm intrigued because they got room to do something. They could do a lot of different things. There's a lot on the table that they could do, and there's a way that they could really make themselves competitive, and there's also a way they could really screw things up. And so I'm kind of curious. What do you what do you think about Hackett's hire? So. <clears throat> Hackett's been had a very interesting career. Obviously, being a head coach out in Denver, he gets fired halfway through his first season. I mean, look, I understand that we're we've we've moved into a we want it now society, and the offense was atrocious with a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, you know, he played bad. The offense was stale. They I don't even know what their record was when he got fired, but they were hard to watch. They were probably the hardest NFL football team to watch on TV. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, Wouldn't you love to get the inside on there's some, like what happened with his relationship with Wilson? What happened with Wilson? Like well, there was yeah, a there's, lot. There's there. a lot going on, right? Yeah. You'll never know. But here's the thing is he, he came, he was the offensive coordinator with the Packers. Okay. But he didn't call the plays with the Packers. He was just, but he did call the plays in Denver. So there's something there, but. Back before that, where this relationship with uh, Robert uh, – I never can't pronounce his last name um, – head coach of the Jets. Salas. Salas. Is that right? Sal- Salah. Salah. Robert Salas. Salas. I'm Salah. terrible. Whatever. I'm from Alabama. Forgive me. But he was on the same staff with ha- with Hackett at uh, in Jacksonville when they made the run with Bortles in the AFC Championship game. So that's where that relationship fosters. But he did a great job there. Didn't do great in Denver, but he's done well in the past as offensive coordinator. The two things that are interesting to me here are, I bet that's a tough sell to the New York media Jets fans when you're bringing in this guy as your offensive coordinator. That's probably not going to be fun to deal with because he's going to be on thin ice to start with, Um, and especially in that market. Um, But the question is, what quarterback will he be working with? Is There's Zach, the question. Is, is it Zach Wilson or is it a bigger name? So Aaron Rodgers, this is the one that's going to be interesting to me because they also hired more the offensive line coach from the Titans that has a pass with with Aaron Rodgers. So they're setting this thing up to where there could be something done there. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday and basically laid out, you know, I think he wants to play again. You can tell by the way he's talking. 
you know, he's owed. We talked about Dak the other day being owed forty nine million. His number is almost like sixty this year, and <clears throat> he knows he's going to have to restructure whatever he does, even if he stays, because at his age he's made plenty of money and he's in it to win. And so he's going to give up and restructure his contract to where he can keep players or go somewhere and not cost them an arm and a leg, but he's still going to get paid regardless. But, dude, I, okay, I would me, hate to see Aaron Rodgers go to, the, go to the Jets. Let me ask this. Just a straight, you have to pick one. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, if you, if you where does he have a better chance next, se- next two seasons to win a Super Bowl? The Jets? Or the Packers? The Dolphins. I didn't give you that choice yet. We'll, we'll go there in a second. We'll go there in a second. If it's if it's Jets or Packers. Uh, Jets. I really do believe that. I just don't. They don't. I think if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, but they, who else do they have? They don't have any weapons. Well, the problem with the NFC North is that you've got one team that's about there in, in Detroit. Another team that, while they're not a Super Bowl contender, they're still salty and they're tough, and that's the Vikings. And then you have the Bears, who kind of have the world at their yeah. The we world's don't know their oyster. They could do. They could. They could come up and be. They could. They could wake up a year from now and be the Detroit Lions. You know what I mean? Where they're at. By the way, you mentioned Lions identifying as Lions. Leo, the Lions here today. Okay. I found Leo. Uh, Leo was dished in a closet somewhere. But you know, after after the last episode, Campbell's Lion Leo shows up, okay. making an appearance. What are the lines? What do they sound like? I, I don't. What do they sound? What like? do they sound like? Leo, <laughs> he don't want to talk right now. <laughs> He's got stage fright. So we're gonna ha- we're gonna we'll build a three ring circus so you feel more comfortable. We'll put some bars up, put you in a cage. Does that make you feel comfortable? Could Fe- feed you some raw steak. Could we could get uh, the Lion King? What's not the Lion King? Ti- the what's the Tiger King? What's the my guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it come. It's crazy. What are you doing, you crazy motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's just one. You said, Mom's not listening today. You, She's you out said, of town. You said Dolphins. Dolphins. That's where I go. What do they do with Tua? Is Tua retiring? No, man. I'd, I'd either deal him, he's, deal him or – I mean, he's still on his rookie deal, right? So, <laughs> deal him and um, – <laughs> I can't – I'm not saying that. Um Dealing or that's a lie. What do you say? It says the uh, road to Boise. He meant twenty twenty three. Loser has to dress as a lion. <laughs> Rawr. Rawr. That'd um, be funny. I think you could trade be warmer him. at least. I think you could trade him to the Packers. Oh, if you're not a Jordan Love believer, but I think Jordan Love. Here's what I think. Now, about Jordan Tua. Love's about to say, "Hey, look, it's my turn. I, I, I've waited. If you're not gonna, if I'm not gonna play, deal me." Yeah, you still got Tua on a rookie deal, okay? So, with that being said, Tua's that's not a bad uh, – I mean, if he can't do anything, you don't want to deal him, you, you take Aaron Rodgers and you keep Tua as your backup, and then Tua will get a job when his uh, contract comes up as a free agent. But sure. you can't – dude, Aaron Rodgers with the Dolphins. He'd be tough. They're immediate Super Bowl contenders, immediate. I'm talking about, like, in that division, because they got to do something now. I think they they immediately go to the top of the division, which is quietly becoming a really good division, and the Patriots are quietly becoming the worst team in that division. Speaking of. Speaking of. You like that transition? That was very good. as a segue. I'm of, getting, of, getting good at this. You're, getting, you're, you're developing some broadcast chops. Um, 
Bill O'Brien leaves Alabama. This is the worst, worst kept secret ever. in the world. Um, Bill O'Brien's official now. He he's left Alabama, returned to the uh, New England Patriots as offensive coordinator. Yes. Let's touch on both perspectives. We'll start with the Patriots perspective. And you're right. You're in a division with Buffalo. With uh, the Jets aren't the Jets anymore. The Jets are coming, and they're certainly better. And then the Dolphins are good. You once dom- you dominated that division for the longest time, but now you're fourth. He gets he gets Mac Jones. He gets some. It just kind of feels like man, like can Bill O'Brien make a difference in New England? He'll, yes. It, okay. A hundred percent. All right. Um, look, Bill O'Brien. I mean, what he had one bad year in Houston. The guy did it. I mean, took them to the playoffs. They were they were a playoff team with Deshaun Watson. All that thing fell apart. Um, he was with the Patriots. Then he went to Penn State. Did a great job at Penn State. The time he went to Penn State was in a in a rough time, right? And he gets them. <laughs> then James Franklin takes over. He goes to Houston. Does a good job there, except for the very end. And look, I think it's a good fit for both Alabama, the or Alabama Bill O'Brien and the Patriots for all of them. One is, is um, the Patriots have had a defensive coordinator. I mean, all their whole offensive staff was defensive coaches. And look, that's difficult. That's hard to do in high school, much less in the NFL. And it's just different. And you know, Corey and I were talking about this last night because, you know, at South Alabama, they they have, um, you know, former coaches that are out, you know, that are out of a job as far as like full time job, as analysts working on the other side of the ball, right? Helping. And he was talking about how much he helps with all that. But we give coaches too much credit on the other side of the ball as coaches. You give them way too much credit. And when you like you say, Oh, well, they know we're doing this. Well, trust me, I I've been on I've been in the, on that guy, I've been that guy at Alabama and places, and you give a lot of people credit about schematic things that you think are easy and they don't understand them. So I think uh Bill O'Brien going to uh New England's gonna help that. I think it's gonna help Mac Jones. They they probably need to get some some help around them because Mac is not as uh, dynamic, obviously, as Tom Brady. They got to get some weapons for him to work with. But look, they're gritty. I think they it's probably at least a two or three game difference. They're a playoff team now. You know, if they had them this year, I think instead of being would they end up like seven and nine or they did they have a losing record or were they eight and eight and nine or were they eight, nine and eight? I think they were eight and nine. Well, I think they're a ten win team straight. I mean, at least worth two wins. Um, I bet he doesn't throw the lateral ball against the Raiders. I mean, oh, it's true. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I mean, you got to think how many wins he's probably worth. Um, I think they do a good job there. I think he ends up, like I said, a ten, maybe even eleven win team next year with that with those guys. And then let's talk about the Alabama effect. That's what I was getting to. So at Alabama, where I think it's going to help Alabama get back to doing what Alabama does. I thought there were they got a little. It was too NFL-y, the offense a little bit. Um, It'd be third and short, and they're throwing the ball in third and short. That's not what you do there. You line up and say we're better than you, and we throw it, we shove it up your ass, and you and you like it, and we're gonna get the first down. You play physical football when physical football, it's being it's time to play physical football. And I think Alabama got away with that a little, uh, got away from that um, philosophy, I guess, the last really two years, um, and got more pass happy on you know like the NFL, they're gonna throw the ball in fourth and one, right? I mean. In college, line up and hand it to your guy that's better than the other guy and go get a yard. Um, 
Is I, it? I think they're going to get. If back you get a, if you get back to that, is it harder to recruit against the teams that do it? The more NFL way. I don't think many teams do it that way, though. Okay. You know, I think that's to be honest with you. I think that was a little bit of Kentucky's problem this year. Okay. Uh, I think that's why they went back to their to the coordinator before that. Is the guy that came in had never coached in college and he was very too NFL-y. You you got there's a mixture there, but there always there's a time like it used to drive me nuts. Still does a little bit when it's you got the ball first and goal at the one yard line. Mm-hmm. And we try to get too cute with the play calling. And we're we're running all that, you know, we're gonna throw the fade and we're gonna, you know, all the stuff, the play actions and trying to do the dupe passes and all that. I mean, like just dumping them right over the, you know, play action and throwing a little tight end dump pass and all this crazy shit we do down there. How about this? Let's turn around and hand it to this big son of a bitch four times and see if he can get it three feet. Well, at least once. And then if they line up in that deal where it's gonna be to, to me, there's two plays at the at the goal line. First and goal inside the one. One, we're gonna hand this some bitch off. Yeah. To my, we're going and then if it becomes obvious that no, they're putting eleven people in the freaking box and everybody's crashing in, they're just gonna run a bootleg real quick, and he's gonna trot in. Okay, that's it. That's that's the play call. Yeah, they just we just get too cute. All the jet sweeps and shit that everybody's doing, and they're packing down in there. And I get it in the NFL because your your offensive lines are outmatched a lot of times by the defensive line, but not in college. Man, freaking line up. It's fourth and freaking or first and goal from the one. Let's hand it off four straight times down. Get under center, too. That's the other thing that drives me nuts. Teach them how to get under center. And it's crazy is you get quarterbacks now. They've never even broken a huddle before. They don't know how to huddle up. That was when I was like, what are we doing? Like you get a, a, a college freshman his entire life. He doesn't even know what a huddle is. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm not saying even if you're no huddle team, you need a muddle huddle or something at some point in time, especially on the road, uh, to communicate. Because when you go down there, you want to go on first sound because the other team is going to be barking. Your, you know, by the by the time you get down there, they know your calls. They're going to be trying to get you to jump. You know, they're going to start clapping and doing all that shit. Sometimes it gets called. Most times it doesn't. Um, and it just, I don't know. I think it gets too. I think we get too cute sometimes with what we're trying to do on offense. You know, who doesn't get too cute. Who's that? Walk on sports bistro. Instead, they, they just they don't. They do the same thing, man. Solid, and it works. Consistent every day. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth watering, made from scratch Louisiana cuisine, like po' boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads in front of seventy plus TVs, forty plus ice cold beers on tap. So if you're watching some college basketball on Saturday. Watching some NBA, getting ready for the championship games on Sunday. Stop by Walk-Ons in Oxford or Ridgeland. You will be super glad that you did. It's cold out today, like really cold. Yeah, I'm froze. Um, if your heater's kind of on the fritz, today's a day you might want to give a call to the, our friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662 801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, that area, call the people at Southern. 662-429-4429. All right. Um, I got a question in my mailbag the other day. Okay. And it was, hey, what's the if I give you the over-under of 17 for portal moves for Ole Miss in the spring, I'm getting, I'm getting to something. I was like, oh, God, please, just go under. I don't want to think That's about a lot. it. But then you come up with this in our notes here. You say, 
the no 25, meaning no 25 a year, yep. has increased the activity in the December portal. And I'm guessing that you're expecting a mass exodus in the spring window. Yeah. So here's, so let's take this year compared to last year. Okay. So last year you had a 25 number, right? Yep. <clears throat> and so every time you took a kid out of the portal mid year, it counted towards your 25. And so there wasn't as much activity for everyone mm -hmm. in the portal last year. And you could also be in the portal all year long. Okay. Well, now there's no, there is no 25. The magic number is 85, which is total scholarships. Right. That's it. Okay. That's it. Yep. And so, one, you got guys leaving. You got natural attrition, guys that didn't make the grades, got in trouble, whatever. You have that natural attrition. Mm -hmm. You have guys you're processing. You have guys going to the NFL. You got guys now, the COVID that had that extra COVID year, you know, now you're starting to get some of those guys funneled out, right? So, a lot of more teams were active in the early portal. But what's going to happen is, is that, let's say this, let's say you took, you know, 15 portal guys. Okay. All right. Let's just use that number in December. I don't even know what anybody around here does. That's kind of like average, just about 10 to 15 guys. It was crazy. All right. So Johnny safety, that's been the backup and, and playing 20 snaps and is expecting to go compete for the starting job with a guy that he just played with last year. Mm -hmm. He's gotten better. Well, now you just brought in another portal guy, right? So now you're adding depth that places that didn't have depth. And so you're going to have these guys that now are going to go through spring practice and their reps are going to get cut. And they're going to go, I got this 10-day period to hop in here. And so I think you're going to have more people that didn't plan on leaving. They got about a 15-day you know, window is what they have. But they yeah. have a 15-day window to yep. spring practice <clears throat> to decide what they're going to do. So I think bringing in more portal guys in December and those guys are now going through – spring practice, you're going to have sitting roster guys that really hadn't thought about going in the portal are yep. going to get their reps cut in spring practice, and then they're going to go in the portal because they want to play. So very similar to what – it would be like this, because we talked about Walker Howard coming to Ole Miss, right? Yep. Very similar where, he, you know, instead of staying you – know, if he stayed in the spring and he was still getting three reps, well, these two guys aren't leaving because they're getting one and twos. I need to go. Right. So you're going to have these guys that are good players – that are getting three reps or not getting the reps they should be getting, they're going to go in the portal and go somewhere and play where they can. I know, and then I'll tell you another one okay. scenario that I know, is a lot of these guys are really close to graduating, and they're going to go in the – and some of them have been smart. Like I know of off the top of my head because I've talked with two of them okay. that I know personally that are in the portal right now, okay, but they're going to come back and go through spring ball because they may be 6 to 12, 15 hours short of graduating to go ahead and get their degree and then go in the portal as a grad transfer and actually transfer, not go in the portal, actually transfer after this semester. Right. But they wanted to be in the portal right now so they could use the spring to take visits and do those things and figure out where they want to go. But they're going to stay in the spring and graduate so they can become a grad transfer. All right, so here's the question I have. Yep. If you're a program that has those guys, they're in the portal. Are you trying to get them to go through spring to recruit them out of the portal? or No, you kind of know. You're talking about get them out of the portal? Or do you, then why do you do you want them around your program every day in practice? Some do, some don't. Now, I know some coaches personally that when you go in the portal, like literally the words, you quit. You're no longer on our team. Some coaches will – 
you got this thing called. And you got to be a little careful with the hardline stuff. <clears throat> well, you still have a thing called APR, right? Right, right. So these guys that are going to be graduating, you get a point back if they graduate. You don't lose that as an APR point. That's what I mean. So those guys, you're, you're, you're going to want to. Well, you're better around. off, kind of like with those guys. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Come back to school. We'll pay for it. Don't work out with the team. Yeah. That's what how Just I would handle it. Graduate. Yeah, how I would handle it. Um, but some people don't care if they practice or whatever. Uh, during the spring because it's spring and you really can't jack up team chemistry in the spring you're right gonna, you're going to jack it up in august and june and july and august but you're not going to jack it up in the spring but you still apr is still a real thing right so if a guy leaves you don't you know you get a retention point and an eligibility point mm-hmm. but once they graduate it kind of clears itself out okay so and you can get a bonus point so that's a big thing and then for the kids too that go in the portal like you don't have 15 hours to graduate from a place and then transfer somewhere and still have 15 hours to graduate. You lose, if you're later in your, I mean, you may lose a semester or even two that doesn't transfer over class-wise. <clears throat> I mean, it's a, this academic balance is a big deal if you're transferring, not a grad transfer. Right. Because you could lose a lot of time. Like, I was joking. I, I think I told on one of my podcasts, I don't remember if it was before here or there, but when I transferred from Auburn to um, – from Auburn to – there's one of my schools right there. I better X out for somebody to see that. I'll call you back in a minute. <laughs> Turn it down. Um, it's one of the schools that I'm transitioning over. Um, you transferred to Troy. And when I transferred to Troy, we were on quarters at Auburn. Troy was on semesters. 
probably statute of limitations up on this too, but the guy I, who, I feel safe. Feel safe. Yeah. The guy who was the head of the um, sports and fitness management department was like, you got to have, you know, economics, basketball, looks like a class, check, <laughs> and was just writing me off on all kinds of classes because I was a PE major at Auburn when I left, and I was taking, dude, PE at Auburn is like the craziest things. You're taking like badminton, tennis, golf, basketball, racquetball, and then you're taking biomedical ethics. There's no in-between. It was either the hardest of hard courses or the easiest or easiest. So I had all these uh, PE credits that he was counting for marketing and everything else for uh, sports and fitness management. and um, But that doesn't happen everywhere. That was because he's retired by now, NCAA. He's, he's not there anymore, so you can't get him. But, yeah, got us eligible, man, so I was eligible to play. Or eligible to sit the bench because I sucked. <laughs> but you, you get my point. And it's just um, – but it's a it's a it's a serious deal. This academics over if you're if you have not graduated, it's a pain in the ass now. Because well, it's listen. I mean, not to make this an Ole Miss thing, but like the Spencer Sanders thing, the part that nobody's not a grad transfer because he's not graduated. He's not. I heard he. How do you go to school for five years and play college football and not be graduated and meet progress towards degree? I don't know. Are you sure? Pretty sure. <laughs> Feel confident. That that makes no sense to me. I just assumed he was a grad transfer. I mean, if you're a, if you're a college football player and you're not graduating four years as a scholarship player, something's up. Because now it's the new thing. A lot of these guys are getting graduated in three years. Yeah, because you're going you're, you're, you're going, going to the summers, summers, and some of them just go ahead and take the intercessions and stuff. Even and, but even if you don't, you're right. taking a, basically a full semester in the summer. So if you're there for he's five years, he's basically had two additional years of college than normal people. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, All right. So you talk about NIL hurting walk-on opportunities. What do you mean? So I've had a couple calls trying to help a couple kids um, from parents. So there is the 85 scholarship number, and then you have what I call a Title IX number. All right. Every single team has a different what I call a Title IX number, and Mm -hmm. that's the amount of players that they will allow in your roster based on Title IX. So that number ranges anywhere from basically, I think the lowest I've ever been somewhere was 118, and the highest was like 129 um, that you can have on your roster. So let's just call it 120 um, for shits and giggles. So if it's 120, then it means you can have 35 walk-ons on your team. Well, a lot of people are getting smart with the NIL, and what they're doing is saying, hey, look, I'm taking these guys out of the portal. I've already got my 85. But, Neil, let's say you're a transfer quarterback from – uh, Oklahoma State, all right? And we want to bring you in. I don't have a scholarship, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my collective, and we're going to pay for your tuition and everything out of NIL. Right, right, right. And so now, but you have to take off a walk-on spot. A lot of schools are doing this, okay? So if they're getting over-signed in the portal, they're taking these portal kids because the portal kids don't give a shit. Now, the high school kids, they want to be on scholarship because it's cool, and they can say they signed somewhere, but the portal kids don't care. So they're taking all these extra portal kids as quote-unquote walk-ons, but they're really not because they're paying for everything out of the collective. So you're technically raising your scholarship number, which is what I said I would do from the jump. You did. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of people are trying to do this. And so, but that that Title IX number is never going to change. And so it's fewer and fewer and fewer spots for walk-ons. And so when these kids are trying to come out and they're trying to decide if they want to be a priority walk-on or whatever it is, 
there's fewer the schools are kind of pumping the brakes a little bit because they want to see if they can get some they're going to pump the brakes a little longer especially with the may window to see if they can go get a portal guy to quote unquote walk Walk on on. but they're going to pay for it Mm -hmm. through nil so there's less and less spots for walk-ons which sucks because i was a walk-on just the landscape of it is just changing Everything's so, changing so, so dramatically. Fast. Yeah, And that's the thing with rules. I try to explain to people. I guess that's why I had a job for a long time is I was very good in the gray area. You, If you want to be successful coaching and building rosters, you have to be very successful in the gray area. Here's the rules, but you didn't say I couldn't do this. Right. you got to find a way to beat the rules by being legal, if that makes sense. Sure. And this is a legal way to beat the rules right now until they change it. I don't know how they change it. Well, they can't. Until they they would have to have a a complete overhaul of everything, which I don't see that coming. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, you say high school kids. Yeah, I want to talk about. So this is another question. This is kind of a PSA thing. I want to talk about a little bit. All right. A lot of kids, same kind of deal. The portal's killing high school recruiting. Um, it is a little better this year than it was a year ago, um, but not much better. They're still, you know, by lifting the twenty five, it did help some. It did not help a lot ton of kids i talked with a high school coach here in the state of mississippi i guess it was tuesday night actually i was walking in the basketball game and was talking to him really good player it's a 23 kid i mean not joking he is a kid that we probably would have been recruiting if not offering and taking five years ago okay at sec school mm-hmm. i mean he's that good his best offers right now are fcs schools but he's so much better than that um and so if you feel that you are, especially if you're a qualifier and you feel that you are um, better than the level you're getting recruited at, mm-hmm. I would recommend you go to JUCO for a year because you can get recruited out of JUCO at any time if you're a qualifier. Um, right. And you, you don't have to have a JUCO degree, right? Correct. If you're a qualifier, you can go 12 hours, 2.0, let's go. And if you can't do that, then I can't help you. Um but you can go and play and develop a year instead of going because you're still going to be a freshman if you go to an FCS school or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You're still going to be a freshman and you're going and you're going to if you're better than that. If that's what you are, then go. And all you got to do is ask your high school coach; he'll tell you. Um, but if you are a a dude, go to JUCO for a year and then get re-recruited. And a lot of these colleges, because I know because I do it every day, are getting a little bit more heavy in JUCO now because of that. Because there's so many guys that are going to get to play and develop, and they're turning into dudes, man. And now you're a dude with three years of eligibility left instead of going somewhere sitting, not getting any film. Because if you don't have film, they're not going to take you anymore because they can't miss. Right. So you would have to go somewhere and play as a freshman in the FCS level. So you think one of the things that's going to happen from all this is that JUCO football gets rejuvenated a little bit? I do. Huh. Because they have to have film. Does that make sense? Sure, of course. And so if I go somewhere and I'm not playing in a, in a really good FCS program or whatever it is, I'm not playing. I don't have any film. They're not going to take me because I'm theirs now if they take me. Yeah. I go somewhere as a JUCO as a freshman and I ball out, which you're going to play. If you're, the, if you're that good, you're going to play as a freshman. Sure. Now you got film, they'll take you. Interesting. So I think it's going to help JUCOs. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what time it is, Neil? It's time to uh, pick some games, to talk about some games. Make it rain! We only got two more times to make it rain. I know. Can you believe? I know. And by the way, uh, someone asked, I think it was Grind asked earlier, are we going to shut it down after football? Nope. 
going to keep rolling. Just going to change. Going to change our format a little bit. We'll still go twice a week, almost every week. Might have a week or two where we just go once, but um, we're going to get some coaches on. We're going to get some guests on. Now that recruiting will be coming to an end, yes. coaches will coaches will thank God they'll exhale. We got a um, couple lined up ready to go. Yes, we'll we'll get some guys on. Uh, talk about let you guys get to know some people, that kind of thing. Bring out the human side and some coaches. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, of course. Tell some bad stories. All right, we got two games. We got the <clears throat> NFC title game is first up, 2 o'clock on Fox on Sunday. It's the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The uh, Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorite as of today. The over-under is 46. The money line on uh, the Niners is plus 122. All right, what say you? That's your new name. <clears throat> at Rawr. Um, you know, I go back and forth on this game a little bit. I don't have a strong feeling on it. Uh, my inclination is to take the Eagles and lay the points. Um, they're at home. They have the better quarterback. They have uh, the better offensive line in this game. They can run the football. Hertz can be effective with his feet. I didn't think Purdy looked very good last week, although they didn't ask him to do a lot because they're such an elite defensive team. Did he look bad, or was it the product of who they were playing? I mean, look, Dallas is an elite defensive team. Um, Philly is very good on defense, too. Philly's a really balanced club. Yeah. Um, from a betting standpoint, if you told me I could only bet one game this weekend, this is not the game I'm betting. Um, I, 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 mean, I lean Eagles. Um. Probably lean under 46. I don't feel great about it either way. Yeah. You could talk me into the other side of both of those bets. You? I am very confident in my pick this week on this game. Okay. It's one of my favorite games to pick. Okay. By the way, uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to be the next coach of the Denver Broncos. Has it come out yet? No, but it's coming out. I have uh, heard the same. From a very reliable source, but I didn't know if it came out yet or not. I trust the sourcing. Okay. And you and I probably have completely different sourcing. Mine is completely different. I don't think you know the guy I talked to. Almost certainly don't. I feel quite confident. Congratulations, Denver. You're probably not going to get D'Amico Ryan's. (laughs) (laughs) I feel pretty confident unless he decides not to take it, which is difficult to imagine. He is going to be offered the job. Yes, that he is. That's what I got. I feel confident that he is the next coach of the Denver Broncos. Okay, I, that's what I. And was by talking. the way, NFL people, NFL people rave about this guy. You know what's crazy is eight months ago people were thinking he was going to be the next defensive coordinator to Alabama. Now he's about to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. NFL people love this guy. Love him. They they love everything about him. So it's pretty pretty interesting. I'm kind of intrigued when he gets that job, just based on a couple of the people that I've talked to who talk about him. I mean, they just gush. Yeah, players love him, too. That's important. All right, since I got trolled so hard, I mean, I got hammered on TikTok. So, all my Eagle TikTok guys, appreciate you guys for hammering me. Go ahead. I got my talk, own. Talk to the hey, people. thank you to all the Eagles fans. You really talked some sense into me uh, this week on your just cruel and unusual punishment on TikTok. Um, I appreciate that. And for that reason, just for you guys – I am taking the 49ers money line to kick the (laughs) shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. So suck it. 
I'm going money line 49ers plus 122. And look, it just is what it is. So that's what you get. So wow, I, yeah. look at you. Yeah, they can suck it. I'm taking <sighs> it. This is personal now. I got. I'm. I'm. I like. I'm going to lose all my money this weekend because I have two personal bet. I'm betting with my heart on yeah. both games, not my head. But all kidding aside, I think defensively, I think the 49ers are going to give uh, Jalen Hurts um, some fits. They didn't need Jalen last week. They ran the ball at will. Yeah. That's not going to happen. No, not against the Niners. Um, I think he's going to have to earn it. Um, I think there's going to be um, – I just think defensively they can control them. And I think on the other end, dude, I love – like the 49ers are one of my favorite teams to actually watch because of all the mid-skill talent they have. Um, I like them, man. I mean, I don't think you even have to have – it's like the last great American football team where you don't have to have an elite quarterback to win in that offense. You just have somebody that has – a freaking brain and doesn't screw it up. I I'm taking the money line here. I think George Kittle is the difference in this game. Okay. George Kittle. Big game if you're playing fantasy, take George Kittle. All right. The AFC title game, meanwhile. The Cincinnati Bengals head to Kansas City. The game is at five thirty. You can see it on CBS, Jim Nance and Tony Romo and all those guys and girls and people. The uh, Chiefs, as of this afternoon, this line has moved all over. How the about place. that? So it was. It started at one and a half or two. Started at it started Kansas at City minus Kansas City two, minus two, maybe even two and a half, and then flipped went, all the way to Cincinnati minus two and a half, and it's back, and it's now back because Patrick Mahomes walked off a podium and practiced. Let's talk about that when we get to this. Okay, the Chiefs now, as of this afternoon, three two fifty p.m. Central Standard. I checked that time. this morning. I'll check see if it's moved again. Here on a Thursday afternoon, the Chiefs are a one-point favorite. The over/under is forty-seven. Uh, Vegas, Vegas is just not feeling anything strong about this game because the the Bengals money line is plus one hundred. Well, that's usually what it is at one point. That's about right. Yeah. So my my point is is they're like we're not giving away any money line money. Like the here. worst it got even at two and a half was like one twenty. I think plus one twenty. Yeah. So it hasn't done anything. Um, look, I don't know how much of this is my heart and how much of this is what I think I've seen over the last few weeks. Can they do it four times in a row, Neil? Yeah, I don't think that's a big deal. Because here's my thing. People go, oh, it's so hard to beat a team three times in a row. Like, no, it's not. If you beat them twice in a row, you're probably better than them. I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, if I play a team, Carson's team. Okay. Played Clinton twice this year. Yep. Played them once really close, lost one to nothing. Played them last night, it wasn't very close, five to nothing. <laughs> if they played them again next week, look, I love my son, love him dearly, and I love his team. I'm really proud of him. But if you come to me, because they played hard last night, they did not quit. There's a sign, there's something to be said for when you know the outcome, you're not winning. Yep. And you still play your ass off to the whistle. There's something to be said for that. It made yep. me really proud of my kid. Yep. Still, if you said, hey, we're playing in two weeks, What's the line? Who you got? I'm like, I'm betting on Clinton. I mean. Carson, do not listen to this show today. Well, he knows that. I'm just messing with Right? I mean, I'm betting on the team that's better because the better team won. And so if you tell me, hey, who you got? I'm betting the Bengals. And look, the Bengals are on this we're going to beat everybody tour. They're pissed off. At the, they've, and then today, Willie Gay gives the, the Bengals moment, uh, bulletin board. 
Zach Taylor is like searching for bulletin board material. And Willie Gay said, here you go. If you need motivation in this game. Well, they don't. Yeah, you're but it's the AFC championship game, man. But like the the, the Chiefs seem <clears throat> to be like searching for it. Like they're all offended that Mike Hilton referred to Arrowhead Stadium as Burrowhead Stadium. Like, oh, how dare you? Oh, shut up. That's for the fans. Players don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, Travis Kelsey was like, Oh, that's you can't disrespect us like that. Yeah, they can. Um Bulletin board material is for shit talking after the game. So I, I like the Bengals plus the point. I like the over 47. And if you make me take a money line, I'll take the Bengals money line because I think they're going to win the game. I, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think they there's a strong chance that they win comfortably. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you here. Okay, I'm taking the Bengals plus 100. I'm just going to give up the point, um, because this game cannot tie. So I'm no. I'm just going to say the Bengals win. Um, that's why I'm taking them at plus one. I think if you take – and that's something betting-wise to make sure you guys understand this game cannot tie. You're just – the one point means nothing. So right. take the – from a just a straight being smart with your money, <clears throat> take the Bengals money line. If you're going to pick the Bengals, don't take the Bengals plus one. To go ahead and take the money line. Right. Um, because you're going to give up, you know, 10% juice. So that being said, here here's where I see it as a game, as a game deal. The reason that the – Bills have had, I mean, the Bills, the Bengals have had success against the uh, Chiefs is the way they play them on defense. Mm -hmm. They drop eight, drop eight, drop eight, and they kind of put you to sleep, and they do a great job mixing up the pressure. Here's the thing. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes. And by next. the way, Flowers is probably back for the Bengals. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. They've done a great job stopping one guy. If you can slow down Travis Kelsey, mm -hmm. you can stop the Chiefs. Yep. When he goes off, you're screwed. Yep. Like the other day when um, somebody had uh, a prop bet on here that was like Kelsey over under six, six and a half catches last week, and he had four in the first drive, that game was – you were in trouble. When the game started and he's got four and a half, four catches in the first drive, you're screwed. But where does he find Kelsey? Where he finds Kelsey is when he buys time in the pocket, steps up, moves around, does all that shit, and then Kelsey finds – he's so good at understanding spacing as a receiver – uh, Kelsey is. I mean, he's always open because he understands defenses. If you don't have that time to step up in the pocket and move around, which I don't think he's going to have with his ankle, he's going to be the best pocket passer you've ever seen, but he's going to be on the statue. Here's my thing. People are crazy about this. He damn near broke his leg. Yeah. It's a very high ankle sprain. Yeah, which is bad. And they show him walking in straight lines. And in practice, they show him kind of doing straight line things. Cool. Doesn't, doesn't bother you going a straight line, but the game's cool. not played in a straight line. The game's not going to get played that way. He's going to be pivoting. He's going to be moving vertically, horizontally. He's going to be accelerating, decelerating. He's going to be getting hit. There's a decent chance that it gets re-aggravated yeah. quickly. Yeah. And if that's the case, nothing against the guy because he's a human being. And we saw this against Jacksonville. He kind of becomes a statue. And so you take away so much of what he does well. And look, he can still beat you. He's still super elite. He's one of the best three players in the NFL. But he's not 100%. I don't – here's the other thing. It's been a kind of – you know, he had the press conference or whatever. Was that yesterday or whenever it was, yeah. right? And he walks off. He's like watching all this stuff. Like, he's practicing. Okay, look. 
You can tell the fans all you want to, the people that don't know. His ass was shot up bigger than shit. And he may not have been shot up, but he was at least taken, because you can take Tordal as a pill, too. He he was on some shit. Of course. Okay. Because he needed to practice. He needed to practice. You know, I don't know if he needed practice, but they, they needed it for perception purposes, for whatever reason. Everybody knows what his injury is. Like, you can't fake a high ankle sprain. Who would, I mean, who would want to? I'm saying, you, know, you can't, like, yeah. downplay an ankle sprain. I mean, a high ankle sprain. Now, you can downplay a low ankle sprain. But, dude, it's... Well, you can tape your way through a, a low ankle sprain. Yeah. And you they, deal with pain. I was like, actually watching something about this today. They they really there's not a whole lot they can do for a high ankle sprain other than shoot you up so high that. But even then, well, he'll take. I imagine he'll take. It's probably a two shot day for him. Uh, Tore all wear off pretty quick now. It's not like it's it's a week long thing. This is a day to day thing. If you get shot from experience, if you get shot, usually what a normal a normal Tore all deal, right? Normally. You go out and on your way in, you go out and do pregame warm-ups with nothing, okay? Your tape job and all that stuff. You do your pregame warm-ups, you get loose. When you come back in before the start of the game, like you literally go to the to the training room and they shoot you up, like as you're as you're going, getting ready to go back out to start the game. That usually, for most injuries, will last the whole time. Now, in his case, if they decide to shoot him to go, depending on how bad it is, they may have to shoot him before he goes out to warm up. If that's the case, that would probably carry him to halftime or close to it, and then he'll probably have to get another shot or a pill. I imagine it's a shot. Um, I don't like the pills. I don't think they work as good. Um, so I imagine he's getting shot going because pills take too long to hit, and then they, they, it's just a different edge with the pill. Because if this were the regular season, he wouldn't be playing on Sunday. No, he's probably not playing for three weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is a week. This is he's probably not playing for the rest of the season. If this was like they were out of playoff contention or whatever, mm-hmm. and they had three weeks left, he's probably done for the year. And can he go do his job? Sure. I don't know who's got the Super Bowl, by the way, but the whatever network, their biggest fear in this game is that he gets re-injured to the point that he can't play in two weeks, and the Chiefs win. Yeah, That's I don't think bit. you can re-injure it. Uh, they wouldn't. I will say this. You're not going. There's not going to be any further injury that's going to occur from him going to play. They would not allow him to play. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's did. He he came back too soon and, and and injured it more severely where he had to get off of it. Yeah, I mean I, you you. What I was heard today is that there is a way that this can get worse. Yeah, I haven't had that experience or heard about that, but on this particular injury, but I'm sure you, there's always a way. But I don't think they would put him out there. I mean, he's a four hundred fifty million dollar man. They're not risking their whole franchise. Well, he's he's okay. I mean, these I expect him. I expect him to play. I just expect him to be a little limited. And look, I don't think it matters. I think it's going to affect his game. And so I just think you and I both watch the Bengals a lot. The Bengals the last few I get weeks. What you're saying it's not going to matter that way. Yeah, the Bengals have looked like a house of fire. And quite frankly, they were getting ready to blow the Bills out. We now know that the DeMar Hamlin night, they were about to blow the bills out and the NFL stopped it. And the NFL was not exactly honest with the Bengals. And then once the Bengals found out that, Hey, DeMar Hamlin's going to be okay. They're like, okay, well, what about the game? Well, we're not going to play it. Okay. Well, what, how's this work? Well, you're going to have to go to Buffalo. Why? (laughs) And it just turned into this motivation thing for them. I read a story about Zach Taylor and the way he's used motivation all year with this team. And they have, 
at the very beginning of the year, everybody's like, well, we don't even think the Bengals are a wild card team. And people are like, well, wait a minute. We, we just went to the Super Bowl. We were, in their eyes, we were, a, in, from their perspective, we were a bad call away from being one play away from being Super Bowl champs because they thought the, the, the pass interference on Logan Wilson was a bad call. Yes. And so if that's incomplete pass, it's fourth down, baby. You make one stop, you're champs. No. They they feel like they were three, four-tenths of a second away from Burrow seeing Reed, I mean, not, not Chase on that last play. And yeah, they went long. And and they would have won. So, I mean, they didn't. I mean, those are those are ifs. I get it. But the right. point is, is that in their perspective, from their perspective, it's like, hey, we were really close. Yep. We went to Tennessee. We went to Kansas City. We won. You guys are not respecting us. They used that all year. And then they've, they've had all these people. They lost their first two games. But he goes, oh, see. And they, they get rolling. And they just search for motivation. And they get it. And I just think I could be wrong. They're starting to feel like one of those teams where you go, well, it's kind of destiny. Yeah. The way they beat the, the, the way they beat the Bills Sunday with the whole country cheering for the Bills, with everybody, the game in Buffalo, with the, the snow and everything else where you just look at it and you're like, God, this is just, it just feels like this is just the Bills magical deal, right? right. And the Bengals are like, we just don't, we don't really care. We're just going to steal your soul. Yeah. I, and they, my opinion, they need to get it done this year. Well, yeah. Because, the window's closing quickly, in my opinion. Well, Burrow's going to get paid. He ain't going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. They're going to pay him, and they're going to pay Chase, and they're going to pay people. But when you pay those people, you have to let other people go. I'm and, more worried about the other two that I think is a critical part of this deal. T. Higgins and Tyler Higgins Boyd. And Boyd. Yeah. Because I think they're going to get paid. Sure. And, I mean, a lot more than they're going to get paid. And the, and the one thing that – for guys, I know we got a lot of college football fans on here, but from the NFL side, you know, they have notoriously underpaid guys in Cincinnati forever. Yeah. And, like, if they win, not if, when they go sign Joey Burrow, the swaggiest quarterback ever, to a big-time long-term deal, that's going to strap them pretty good. Like, Mr. Brown, the owner, he, he's notoriously underspent the entire organization. Not just – this isn't just players. It will be interesting to see what they – Let's say they win a Super Bowl. It will be interesting to see what happens with the way they approach that. Do you do you go, hey, we got one, we're done, or do you go, hey, let's let's have a dynasty here? Because the other thing, and, and I told you about this the other day, people now say, hey, you know, you're gonna have some guys that want to go play with them. Yeah, just because you know it's yeah, it's cool. Same uh, people that want to go play with Tom when he was in New York. Of course, yeah, you know, which is one of the things that. Allowed the Patriots to make their run, do what they did. Randy Moss, all of them. Yeah, all those guys. And so you know, it'll be it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm also interested to see how to. To me, this is the there's two keys. You you nailed one with Kelsey. The other is Kansas City's defensive front. Well, one player. Right, but he's he's a horse. He is the horse. And a year ago, the reason that the Rams won the Super Bowl is because the Aaron Bengals Donald. simply couldn't handle Aaron Donald. Can they handle Chris Jones enough? All right, so give the fans a little coaching perspective here. So Aaron Donald's a different beast than Chris Jones. They're unblockable for two different reasons. Aaron Donald is so quick and twitchy and powerful 
that it's just you can't like quick set the guy because he's just so damn good. Mm -hmm. I think you can do some things to Chris Jones. Now, what you can't do is just sit back and pass protection and go five man protection and drop back and leave him singled up. Because if he gets a bull rush, like that's his thing, right? He's a big bull rush guy. But you can do some things, and like, look, the Chiefs know this too. They're not dumbasses. They're going. You can do some things in setting the protection his direction and making sure he's got a double team the whole night. But when you do that, you're going to leave some guys singled up, right? Right. So they're going to do some things and bring pressure to what they know they're going to kick. You know, they're going to start moving Chris Jones around. And if you you got two choices, you can either send the protection to Chris Jones and make sure that you got a double with the center and the guard on him all night long. But when you do that, you're leaving your backside unprotected. So what I would look for in this game from a coaching standpoint, like what I would do, knowing both sides of the ball, um, Chris Jones is probably going to spend a lot of time on the left side of the um, Bengals offensive line. So as a three technique or a nose. So if you're watching, the, if you're the ball, he's going to be lined up to the left of Joe Burrow a lot because what that's going to do is that's going to leave your right guard and right tackle singled up, which is the weakness of the pass protection. So I think you're going when you got that's what's caused them issues in the past. So you're going to force them to send the protection that direction. You're going to bring pressure from the other side. Can they run the ball as effectively as they did against Buffalo? Oof. Or even close to that? I think the conditions in that game had a lot to do with that. Okay. Um, the other night, I don't think they're going to be that effective. Dude, they were extremely effective running yeah. football. I don't think they're. I think they can be effective. I don't think they can be that effective. You like the over or the under? Is this a low scoring game or is this game get up into the, this I like, game get into the upper twenties? If I had to bet the I'm not going I am not going to bet the over unders. But if I had to pick the over unders, I think the Bengals Chiefs game goes over forty seven. Mm -hmm. And I think the 49ers Eagle game goes under forty six. Yeah, I agree with you on both. So if I had to pick, I'm not going to bet that. Um I'll be betting the spreads. But um yeah, I just think that's gonna be from a you single those guys up. Now, because boy, what can do, and this is the the part that worries you a little bit as a, as a uh, Bengals guy, is okay if you're getting pressure and you're getting. This is how I would game plan against. If I was the Chiefs' defensive coordinator, I'd be setting Chris Jones to my left, making us kick the protection here. Now I got the right guard and right tackle, who are the worst two players, singled up. It's going and it's going to force Burrow to step up in the pocket. And the one thing that Chris Jones can do is push the pocket, right? So he can collapse the pocket doing that way. Um, but We'll see, and that's the – they know that too. They know the Bengals know that that's what they got to protect, and there may be some things that they can do. But you got one or two choices. You can either double Chris Jones or you're going to leave your worst two pass uh, protectors on, on two good pass rushers, and you're going to lose. So it's going to be a nice little gamesmanship going on, on the, when Cincinnati has the ball on offense. It should be a lot of fun. Always is a lot of fun. We'll come back on Monday. We will talk about uh, the two games, the AFC title game, the NFC title game. We'll talk about whatever else comes up as we get to the dead period, thank God, Yay. and the uh, kind of the end of this particular recruiting cycles. So we'll talk about a lot of different things on Monday when we get together again from McCready and Siski. Again, we've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals so check them out on instagram at rain body fuel to learn more for tyler i'm neil until monday take care